the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, we can use that word worthy for so many different things, but there's only one who is worthy of our praise. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with Pastor Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to take a little time out here from our typical Bible study through the Word of God, and we're going to really focus on Jesus and who He was and what He did. So we're going to find our text in John chapter 1, and I've entitled this message, A Worthy Sacrifice. Have you ever considered that word worthy? I mean, we might use it as a compliment to someone that, you know, is in a sporting event. You know, they gave a gallant, heroic, and worthy effort, we might say. Uh, it's a compliment to someone who is deserving of attention and respect. We could use it to honor a war veteran. He was worthy of the Purple Heart, we might say. We could talk about different cancer research institutions and say, well, that's a worthy place to make a donation to. We could also use it when talking about the best. For no matter what item we're talking about, there's usually one that's better than others. You know, anything from furniture to hand tools. Uh, There's always one that is ridiculously priced, and it's more expensive than all of its competitors. And it's just because, uh, uh, you know, and just because it costs more, doesn't always mean that it's worthy of the extra cost. But in many cases, it is. It's like when you buy tools. I'm talking to you guys now, listening on the radio. Like, Milwaukee has come up with a whole group of tools that are all cordless, so they're battery-packed. And then they have this new upper level, which is called Defuel Milwaukee Tools. And they have, like, an impact wrench. This impact wrench has, like, 1,400 pounds of torque. I mean, in this little handheld impact wrench. I mean, Back when the air impact wrenches were all so big and everything, you'd have like five, six hundred pounds of torque out of those wrenches out of like an Ingersoll Rand wrench. But now this battery-powered torque wrench that you have in your own hand, 1,400 pounds. That's crazy. Now, ladies, you might be thinking like, well, I don't know. I don't get that. Well, that's why they don't allow women to hold these tools in their hands because it could put hair in your chest. Anyway, well, okay, moving on. All right, that's pretty bad. Okay, so many consider uh, the Rolls-Royce a worthy car. They consider it the most luxurious car made on the planet. Some would say it's worthy, again, of that status. Why? Because Rolls-Royce has been making cars since 1904. They're all hand-built. It takes six months to build some of their models. Think about that. Six months for all other cars like Toyotas and Hondas, if you're sitting in one right now listening to me, it only takes about 17 to 18 hours to make one of those. Yes, there's an astounding 75% of every Rolls Royce, though, is still 
on the road. That's all the way back to 1904. 76% of them that have ever been built are still on the road. They're drivable today. Customers can choose between, get this, 44,000 different colors. And each car has almost 90 square yards of leather in their interior. Yes, this is all crazy. And even though we have, you know, all these championship-type sports and things like that that are worthy of, you know, trophies and rings and all of those kinds of things, uh, you know, there's only one that is worthy of our praise. Yes, we can use that word worthy for so many different things, but there's only one who is worthy of our praise as believers and that's the God of all creation. Psalm 18.3 says, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. Worthy in the biblical sense when praising God is to admire him because why he is praiseworthy. It's to exclaim hallelujah. That use of the word hallelujah is singled out as an expression of total and complete worship. It's rejoicing in in praise to our great God. This is why all of humanity, when we look honestly at ourselves, we have to come to the conclusion that we are not worthy. And why is that? Because each and every one of us have sinned. Oh, I know we want to pat ourselves on the back and say how wonderful we are. And we have all these different award shows to tell us how great we are. But listen, every single human being on planet Earth, I don't care how beautiful you are, I don't care how wonderful you are, we've all done things that are wrong. We have all fallen short of real and true righteousness. And the Bible points out this fact when it says in Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, not even one. And for those right now who might say, well, hey, speak for yourself, Pastor, you might disagree with me. Well, this is what God says in Jeremiah sixteen seventeen. He says, For my eyes are on all of your ways. You are not hidden from my face. Neither is your sin concealed from my eyes. In fact, that's the very verse that drove me to Christ was in Luke 12, 3, where Jesus says, Everything that you've said in the dark is going to be heard in the light. Everything you've whispered in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops of heaven. Think about that for a second. When you're honest with yourself, every dark thing you've ever done that nobody else knows about, your parents don't know about it, your significant other doesn't know about it, nobody knows, your best friend doesn't know, all those secret thoughts. The Bible says not only will we be judged on what we've done, but on the motive and the secrets of our heart. Oh my goodness, think about some of the things we've thought about. Whoa, where did that thought come from? Oh my goodness, God says we will be judged for everything. Yes, when we look at ourselves through the eyes of God who sees everything we've done, there is none righteous, not even one. God says we can say what we will, but I've seen it all. Everything, even the most secretive things. Yes, God has searched us. He has formed us. And He's intimately acquainted with all of our ways. And we must recognize this, especially those who've lived lives much better than us. See, it's like everyone, though, has sinned. Doesn't matter. And even people like John the Baptist. I mean, what a holy man of God, set apart in his mother Elizabeth's womb to serve the Lord 
Lord to be the forerunner of the Messiah Savior. He was called by God to prepare the people for the Christ. And this is what he said about himself. In John 1.27, he says, He who comes after me, the thong on his sandal, the very lace on his sandal, I am not worthy to untie. There was a Roman centurion whose servant fell sick, as you know, in the Bible. Jesus, uh, you know, was asked by him to come to heal him. And Jesus said in Luke 7, 7, you know, you know, after he had asked and said, well, Jesus said, well, I'll come to your house. And, and, and the guy said, no, no, don't come to my house. He says, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. So this man who was a, a good man, but it's like he says, no, 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 no. I recognize who you are. I am not worthy for you to step into my house. And of course, Jesus healed his servant from right there just speaking the word. Jesus gave us a parable. He gave us actually many parables. And you know what a parable is, right? A parable is a story, like an earthly story, but it has a heavenly meaning. And he gave us the parable of the prodigal son. And you remember the prodigal son. He went to his dad and said, hey, dad, you know what? I'm out of here, man. I'm history. I'm sick of listening to your rules and regulations. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Give me my inheritance and I'm out of here. Now, of course, if my son came to me and said, hey, or one of my kids said, hey, I want my inheritance. I'm out of here. I'd say, well, look, don't let the door hit you on the rear on the way out, but you're not getting five cents from me. But anyway, this dad in the prodigal son story gave him his full inheritance. And of course, he went off and he lived a righteous life and, you know, righteous and talking about riot living, not righteous living. But anyway, he partied. He was a party animal and he had all of his payday buddies by him. You know what payday buddies are, right? It's like when you have money, they're your friends. They're your buddies. When you run out of money, they're gone. And that's what happened to this young man. He blew all of his money. He was slept with prostitutes. He did everything you could do that was wrong. And then he found himself just trying to survive. He went to work for a pig farmer. And while he was feeding the pigs, he said, man, these pigs are eating better than I'm eating. And then he started thinking to himself, you know, my servants, my father's servants, I should say, my father's servants eat better than me. My father takes care of his servants better than I'm being taken care of. Maybe I can go home. Maybe I can just go there. Maybe my father will accept me back enough to be a servant. And at least I can be taken care of as his servants are taken care of. And then, of course, you know the story. He came home. And when the father saw him from a distance, the father ran to him and grabbed him and hugged him and smothered him with kisses and says, man, my son who was lost, he has come home. Kill the fatted calf. Let's have a barbecue. We're going to throw a party. My son has come home. And this was the reply of the prodigal son. He said to his dad in Luke 15, 21, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Yes, but yet that was a picture of how God loves us. We are not worthy of his love. We are not worthy of going to heaven. Some people say, again, well, speak for yourself. I'm a good person. Well, you are at times, but then there's other times you're not. You know, and Jesus said to those who wish to follow him, he said in Matthew ten thirty eight, he says, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. 
That's those who follow Jesus with lip service only and no action. I wonder how many people, when the subject of Jesus comes up in our world now that's so politically correct, you know, with a world that the wills are falling off of, I wonder how many times when the subject comes up or people are mocking Christianity that you're just silent. You don't say anything. Oh, I don't want to say anything because, you know, I'll get cancel culture. The, the, the culture will cancel me out. I'll just be like, you know, get kicked to the curb. So I, I just kind of keep to myself. I, I kind of fade into the woodwork. I wonder how many people do that. But yet Jesus said, if you don't take up the cross and follow after me, you're not worthy of me. I wonder how many people in the last days, when they come up to Jesus and they say, Oh, Lord, didn't we do this in your name and that in your name? And Jesus will look at them and say, Depart from me, you cursed creature. I I never knew you. Oh, my goodness. Yes, but for those who do follow Jesus with action, those of us who speak out, it will cost us. You know, and we can say with Peter and John, as they were persecuted for standing for righteousness, as they spoke truth. You remember when they healed the man that was at the temple, when they were walking up to pray? And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God came upon Peter and John, and they looked at this man who was begging alms. And, you know, they said, you know, it's like, hey, silver and gold we have none, but in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. They were persecuted for that. They were persecuted for standing up for the Lord. The religious leaders thought, look, we crucified the the Christ, the Messiah. We thought we got rid of this movement. Now we have these other people that are here, you know, progressing and, and moving on and moving forward with this movement. We don't want you. And they brought Peter and John in and they, they beat them and they did all of these things and told them, you cannot speak for the Lord anymore. And, of course, Peter and John said, whether you think it's right to obey you rather than God, we will obey God. And when they left after being beaten and threatened again by the religious leaders, this is what Peter and John said in Acts 5.41. It says they left the council rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for Jesus' sake. Wow. Why do we go through times like this where we really want to look at who we are? We do this because it's like you have to realize if you're going to be a Christian, be a Christian. This is why we do this at Core Church. You know, Jesus at times, he would have those moments of thinning out the crowd, you could say. Do you remember in John chapter 6? When Jesus was so frustrated with the religious leaders and all the people that were following him with lip service, he finally said at one point, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And of course, everyone's like, what? What is he talking about? Cannibalism? We got to eat his flesh and drink his blood. This is sick. And all the people left. Well, later, Jesus said, well, I'm speaking in the terms of the Spirit. And he was talking about in the future, one day we would remember him by the breaking of the bread and the drinking of wine. Does the, when we take of communion, is the body physically Jesus' flesh? No, but it represents his broken body for us. When we drink of the cup of grape juice, is that literally Jesus' blood, which some denominations will teach? No but it represents the blood that he shed for the cleansing of our sins. Yes, they rejoiced that they were worthy 
of being called by the Lord. But see, the reason the Lord did that in John 6 was he thinned out the ranks because it goes on to say that many of the people left him. They said, oh, we're not going to follow you anymore. Then Jesus turned to the disciples and said, are you going to leave too? And Peter stepped up and said, well, where do we go? You're the one with eternal life. See, Jesus is looking for those who will truly follow him. Are you a true follower of Jesus? Do you speak the words of truth to those that are around you? Listen, if you need encouragement in that area, come to Core Church, because we won't just bolster you up and pat you on the back and say, oh, what a wonderful person you are, and oh, how God's going to bless you regardless of how you live, and just blessing, blessing, blessing. No, we're going to talk the truth of God's Word. And if you'd like to grow in that truth, I invite you to come to Core Church Los Angeles, that you would be built up. Because let me ask you, here, a year of COVID, it's been a year since we've been shut down, and we're still shut down. Of course, Florida's not shut down. You know, Georgia's not shut down. Texas is shut down. South Dakota's not shut down in many other states, but oh, California is. And well, we should probably wear two masks now. But anyway, with all of that said, it's like I am asking you, are you growing in your faith? Are you more of a believer now than you were before COVID started? Listen, if you want to be challenged in your faith, I encourage you to come to Core Church Los Angeles, that you would check us out. Listen, if you're anywhere in the L.A. area, you know, L.A. County, Orange County, Riverside County, drive. It's like 45 minutes. It's like get on the freeway. There's no one there in the morning. We have an 8.30 a.m. service and a 10.30 a.m. service. We also have an evening service at 6.30 p.m. Those of you on the East Coast listening to all of our stations on the East Coast, you can watch us live stream, you know, uh, We have a live stream for our 8.30, our 10.30, and our 6.30 p.m. service. So, of course, you're three hours ahead back east. But nonetheless, you can still watch this live stream. But I encourage you, be challenged. Get in your car and say, look, we're going to go. We're going to listen to the Word of God being taught uncompromised, and we're going to grow in our faith. Hey, I challenge you. You can check us out. Look, come once. If you hate it, well, don't come back. But what happens if, well, you like it? And what happens if you're challenged in your faith? Yes, we as believers cannot just look at this side of heaven. We must consider eternity. We're told in Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Yes, there will be suffering on this side. People don't want to hear that. But it will happen. Difficulty will happen. Hardship will happen. But yet Christ will never, ever leave us. And of course, they're not going to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us one day in heaven. That's why we're exhorted as believers in Colossians 1, 10, says that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Yes, we are all called to worship and to serve our King. Yes, the only one who is worthy of our true worship and praise. And that, of course, is the creator of the universe, the only true God, the one who came to die for us. The Bible says in Revelation 4.11, Worthy are you, O Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. We're told in Revelation 5, 9, it says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood men from 
every tribe and every tongue and people and nation, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Wow. And that brings us back to our title, A Worthy Sacrifice. Because, you know, animal sacrifices in the Old Testament could only cover man's sin. They could never wash them away. This is why Jesus came. He was the ultimate sacrifice. For his sacrifice would not just cover the sin of humanity, but rather the blood of Jesus would cleanse us. Get that. Cleanse us completely. Literally washing our sin away. Do you know that? Your sin is washed away. I mean, think about every vile thing you've done. Think about every thought. Think about every act of darkness. God says, I have washed you clean. You are as white as snow. Yes, Jesus was the only one that could do that. And that's why he is a worthy sacrifice. Today, we're going to consider this thought in light of our title, A Worthy Sacrifice, who he was. Let me read to you who Jesus really was in John 1.1. It says, in the beginning was the Word. Now, that word in the Greek language is from the Greek word logos or logos, okay? And it means divine expression. So let me read it again. In the beginning was the Word, the divine expression. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Did you get that? In the beginning was the divine expression, and the divine expression was with God, and He was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. Who? The Word that was in the beginning with God. And apart from Him, nothing came into existence that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Meaning, the world didn't get it. Yes, in the world today, there is a light and there is a darkness. I think it's pretty obvious, isn't it? I mean, when we look around, I mean, to the believer, it's just like night and day. To the non-believer, he's blinded to it. In fact, the Bible says this about the non-believer, to those that don't see the light. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, for he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. That just means in the original language, they're not able to make spiritual sense of it. No connection. None. But for the believer, we can get it. Why? Because we've come into a relationship with Christ. Which brings up our last thought here as we end for today, and we'll pick up this message tomorrow. Do you really know that? Do you know the Lord? I wonder if there's anyone listening right now who has, well, become a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You've, you've distanced yourself from the Lord. You've allowed sin to creep into your life in this last year of COVID, and you've gotten a little sleepy, maybe taken a bit of a holiday in your faith. It's time to come home. And at any time, Jesus could come back. That's right. Jesus could come back. The rapture could happen. Are you ready? What if you were to die suddenly, unexpectedly? I'm doing a funeral this Saturday. It's like, who would have thought? But it happened. It's like, are you ready to meet your maker? Are you sure? Are you born again? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? 
Are your sin forgiven? Listen, if you're not sure, get right with God now. All I can say is this. I don't care what you've done or where you've been. I don't care how many times you've fallen. If you truly repent and say, God, I'm sorry, God will hear you. And if that's you, you pray this now. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I'm so sorry. I believe you died for me and you rose again. Come inside of me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you a Bible that has all kinds of words of encouragement on how to walk with the Lord. Look, you could have a Bible, you could have 10, but this one has encouraging words on how to follow Him. You can call me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. Or just email me your name and address at Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. 